This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. And I'm Lance Wackerly, but we are without a special guest this night. Wackerly, you preempted me there. But yes, our special guest who we invited and, and like talked about for, what, two weeks beforehand? Oh, much longer than that. Ended up um, reneging on his uh, offer to come on the show. Uh, I wouldn't even know if I'd say reneging, but I think he's he's permanently uh, renounced the show, I think is what he did. So it's let me, not like he had a scheduling conflict. So let me provide some bra- background information. If you missed the last couple shows, last week was the Gay Pride parade here in san francisco and there was like a whole week of uh gay festivities my brother who has been on the show in the past i think only once really and then one phone call but my brother was told me that he wanted to come on the show and was willing to talk about like gay pride and the Folsom street fair and all the other various gay events that happened in san francisco and just talk about all the craziness and uh, shenanigans that happen you know at these festivals and so i spoke to him monday night just this past Monday, and I was like, so, dude, you're going to come on the show, and, and we're going to record on Thursday this week. You'll come on the show. And he was like, yeah, man, you know, I had a crazy time at Pride Parade, and I'll, I'll get into it. Because I was like, no, don't ruin it now. Just tell me during the show. Save the material. Today, I call him just to confirm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go buy a bucket full of chicken for you because you know how he loves chicken. <laughs> I was going to go to KFC, buy him a bucket full of chicken. I was like, buying you dinner, come on the show, we'll have some beer, we'll talk about gay pride and what happened on the parade. Did you offer to buy him sides also? I said mashed potatoes as well. All right. And so you you know what he says? You know what his answer was? I'm not coming on your show. He was upset with me. He got written there. He was furious. He was like, I'm not coming on your show. You know what? You guys are rude. You make fun of True. people. Yes. You ridicule people. Uh-huh. And you're, he's like, and you make borderline homophobic statements. But, and I was like, what are you talking about? Okay, I have multiple responses to that. All those things, Jeff also does. <laughs> He's rude. He constantly <laughs> makes fun of people. He's an asshole, whatever else he said. And there's a borderline homo... Not even borderline. There are homophobic comments coming out of his mouth in jest all the time. Almost nothing but. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he should have came on and refuted all those... Uh, all the homophobic... Com- or borderline homophobic but, concepts but, that we've... Uh, spouted in the My past. question is, Wackerly, why the sudden change of heart? What happened? I think he's just sick of us. <laughs> he's probably sick of you after all these years. That's my explanation. All these I years think it's, of torment? Yeah, I think that call you made to him, you knew he didn't want to be called, and you pissed him off. And about the gay orgies. Fault. The one a yeah. few shows back right. about the gay orgies. Yeah. I know, he was upset about that too, and he brought that up during our conversation. Well, you, you know what I think it is? I think he was touched by this year's gay pride, <laughs> by the pride fairy, the fairy that, godmother. That end, I do think he's just sick. Well, to I death read it, I read in the paper that George Takai was like the master of ceremonies for the uh, gay pride festival this year really? in San Francisco. George so, Takai. I think George Takai touched my brother inappropriately. I, <laughs> I took some time out of being a hero's dad on the show Heroes, which is a very good show, I might add, to come out to San Francisco and lead the Pride Parade. I think he came, I, seriously, I think he came out of a pink cloud, landed in front of my brother. He was beamed down. Yeah, beamed down in front of my brother. It's like, do not make fun of homosexuality. You shall not take part in the Sick and Wrong podcast show. The Sick and Wrong hosts are assholes, and you will not besmirch homosexuality on their show. And I think, seriously, I think yeah. that now he is uh, sensitive. Well, I don't even want to dwell on it because it's too sad. Uh, what, I, you know, you know Je- what, Jeff has always been a fan favorite. I think he's the fan most popular. He's my Amongst bro- fans, he's the most popular guest. He's my had. brother. I love him dearly. And I completely apologize to him if we offended him in any way. And he's always welcome on the show. But he told you he's not ever going to come on, basically, right? Maybe we can lure him back on I if think we have was... a, a show about Xbox 360. And we I can... think he had sand in his rectal vagina this morning. And that's why he was so upset. But so maybe we can get him back on the show in the future. I'm going to be really nice to him. Maybe we could him. install a bidet or something. They could get that washed out. 
I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Maybe maybe we can trap some young boys in the apartment, in the studio. <laughs> See, that's exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> well, it's a segue, Wackerly. It's a segue. Okay, fair So enough. instead of having um, my brother on as a guest, we're going to do – we're going to, instead of talking about gay pride with my brother and uh, all the um, shenanigans that happened, we're going to talk about capturing pedophiles. That's what we're going to talk about today. Did you read? Did you read that story that um, about that uh, Dateline show to catch a predator and the mishap that happened in uh, Texas? Yeah, I did read that. I mean, everybody knows that show, right? It's the show. It's part. It's not on every week, but every couple of weeks they have it on. You know, Dateline. I've never seen it before, so we might have to provide some background info. It's it's Dateline NBC to catch a predator, and what they do is they they hold stings across the country. And they, they, Dateline's made primetime entertainment out of contacting would-be child molesters over the Internet, luring them to a meeting place, and videotaping their humiliating confrontations with reporter Chris Hansen. So these, I think it's been out for about a year they've been doing this. So I actually haven't seen the show because I don't even have cable. I should watch it. I think you can actually see it on YouTube. But from what I've heard, would-be predators think that they're going to go over and molest some kid, and they get to this house – and there's that reporter sitting in a chair. It's like, what's up, pervert? Well, it all starts in the chat rooms, <laughs> which I don't know who the hell is going on a chat room. Do I mean, only I knew... pedophiles go to chat rooms? Because you know, I I'd... think so. I think that's the only purpose but of a I chat room. I went to a chat room in like 1997, I think. <laughs> Did I mean, you have and, a chat? No. Do you remember they used to have chat rooms? Chat rooms were like, you know, the shit back then. No, I don't. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> everyone... part... I've, I've gone on forums, but that's not the same thing, right? You're talking about Dude, live chat. I used to somebody. go into all the different chat rooms. Just I remember being Are stoned. you sure you weren't in a scat room? <laughs> was it scat chat? <laughs> no, it was chat chat. No, I remember like I would come home from college, stay at my dad's house. I was bored, stoned out of my head, and I was like, you know, I can go have some fun. You know, I just jerked off for three hours to internet porn, so now I'm going to go have fun in the chat rooms. Go in the chat room. You can go into any chat room. Like, I'd go into the quilt room, and there'd be like five ladies talking about quilting, and I'd be like, hey, can can you teach me how to quilt my scrotum? And then it's like you get kicked out of the chat room. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of funny. No, I don't know. I mean, it was kind of fun. It was a great way to pass the time. But I never went in there to solicit sex from a minor. So what happened? But what ha- I don't think you adequately explained the process here. What well, they go in the chat rooms, they start chatting with what they think is a young boy, but uh, they're decoys. or girl, right? And, yeah. and it goes on and on for a long time, and the boy draws them out into uh, you know sending the guy's picture, and then ultimately the kid says, well, why you know my parents are leaving for the weekend. Why why don't you come over to my house and we'll sit in the hot tub and drink fake or something. Yeah, so – and then what happens is the would-be predators come over, and they meet this reporter sitting there. The trap is set. And then it's like the cameras are on, the and trap they're completely is humiliated. And then they try to leave, and the cops arrest them yeah, for, like, can't. sexual harassment. That's actually – I know you've never seen it, but that's the funniest part is they always – Either they'll just try and bolt immediately, like, yeah, like the cops aren't standing right outside the door, <laughs> or they'll plead – Innocence and trying to ex- and they'll try and explain why why they're there and what they were gonna do and why they're in their speedo and why they have you know a digital camera on them. What was I was talking to? Oh, someone. I just wanted to hang out with this 13 year old, but you're 55. I was talking to a guy yeah, well, at work. You know. I was talking to a guy at work about the show and he was saying he saw one where the dude was like he had a big duffel bag and that he was trying to plead innocence. He's like I was just hanging out. I wasn't doing anything. They opened they opened the out. duffel bag. There were like five double sided dildos, a strap. <laughs> on some like gay porn and, and, and like Nut six cuffs. different butt plugs <laughs> strap on chin oh, cock I was just uh, on my way home with this stuff i just thought yeah, I'd I, bring I, it. I carry this around all the time what are you talking about perverted sensual santa <laughs> but anyway uh, dateline works with an activist group called perverted justice which supplies adults who troll internet chat rooms posing as underage boys and girls and they try to collect incriminating sex talk. And then they work with Dateline and they lure predators over to a house. So I went on the website, perverted-justice.com. And I totally recommend it. You should go check out this site because it's hilarious. Not only do they have a description of how to pose as a decoy in these chat rooms and what to do. They also have pictures of the uh, humiliated predators that they've caught in the past. Yeah, because I, I, I was at, you pointed this out to me. I was actually wondering how you actually 
go into this chat room, what do you say to get a guy to, you know, proposition you? And apparently they say that you don't even have to say anything. You just go sign up at yahoo.com, create a profile, put in that your age is, you know, 12 and that you're a girl, <laughs> and you don't even have to do anything. And somehow these guys will get that information and just start private messaging you with like, hey, let's do it, or uh, hey, let's, or they'll, or they'll just say, hey, let's talk. About but, ponies or something, and then apparently, you know, you would start chatting with them. But what I don't understand is how dense are these sexual predators? I mean, don't you automatically assume if you're talking to a kid who's willing to talk to you or who you assume is a child who's willing to talk about sex with you, it's a cop? Yeah. I mean, I, would you think it's like someone posing? Because it's, I mean, how many kids would, do this? And you would think you would do a little bit of research if you were engaged in this nefarious illegal activity and figure out how to like anonymize your IP address and all that. But these guys will go so far as to like send their pictures <laughs> and you know, they're finally given their real names and their phone number. And they, they engage in like lurid chatter. Like yeah. on, on this website, they actually, you can click on the pictures of the top 10 like slimiest perverts that, that, that they've, uh, they've, they've caught on the show. Yeah, they always have, and they always have their picture, which is And great. they, they, print out or they actually have on the website the whole chat log and some of the i mean some of this dialogue is just i mean it's hilarious but it's just disgusting i mean it's so depraved you're like what what is wrong with you it's kind of depraved it's not really erotic you know for example shine elf uh that's MC my favorite guy 2005 asked some girl how old are you she it could be a he it's a decoy so she says 12 and you Shine Elf says, you have nipples yet? <laughs> it's probably a to common question, though. To which she responds, oh, my God, why are you asking that for? But but, but the it's best not, thing. <laughs> it's pretty immature if you ask, you know, nipples. Well, how old is this kid supposed to be? Uh, prob- Probably say. like 12 or something. Yeah, well, if you look 12, at the picture like of this dude, he looks like Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. This guy's he got like a, a huge beard and a little hat on. <laughs> he looks like a mixture between Gandalf, uh, the Lucky Charms, Leprechaun, <laughs> and Willie Nelson. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it just amazes me that these people would just be so dense to think that they're like actually conversing with a child. And then to show up at a home, it really should be called to catch a stupid predator. To catch a moron. Yeah, to catch a moron. But a moronic pervert. Yes. Is maybe, so So anyway, what happened... You can we, catch plain old morons in other ways. Offer them free stuff. So this show's been around for at least a year. I know you can YouTube um, segments of, uh, of To Catch a Predator. But what why it's newsworthy worthy is because in Murphy, Texas, just recently, a sting in which police teamed up with Dateline NBC to catch online pedophiles was supposed to send a flinty-eyed Texas-style warning about this Dallas suburb, Murphy. Don't mess with Murphy. Instead, it turned into a huge fiasco. I didn't really understand that. What's what's the difference between a Texas-style warning and a and a normal, you know, other 49-state warning? Because it's like George Bush. Yeah. It's like a George Bush warning to Iraq. <laughs> We're going to come in there, mess up your country, and stay there for like 10 years and... So lose a lot be, of soldiers and waste a lot of money. So the Texas-style <laughs> warning to the pedophiles are going to be that you pedophiles are going to be around here for a while, for a and we're going to be fighting you for a long time here in Texas. are spending a lot of money. You might as well get a launch here because nobody's going anywhere. <laughs> so it turned into a fiasco. One of the 25 men caught in the sting, who was a prosecutor from a neighboring county, committed suicide when police came to arrest him. The Murphy City manager who approved the operation ended up losing his job with all this. And and to top it all off, the district attorney is refusing to prosecute any of the men, any of the predators that were caught, saying many of the cases were tainted by the involvement of amateurs. So they think the the evidence was was tainted is what he's saying. Compromised. Well, yeah, I mean, he was saying that uh, it was compromised because you're not dealing with professional law enforcement officials here. You're dealing with you know, it's an activist group Chris called Hansen. Perverted Justice and a reporter. They're well, not I mean, even they're, really. It's a reality an, show. Yeah, they're not even really an activist group. I mean, they were they are, were solely uh, di- put together for this show. Yeah, I mean, and so it's like you're dealing with people who are. What they want is they want shock value for television. They're not but actually I, trying to pursue I justice that, here. I thought from my viewings of the show that they usually would have the cops with them. I don't really. Maybe they're well, no, maybe they, they're getting doing a little free and freer and easier and just doing the shit on their own with a TV camera now. Maybe some bodyguards. Well, no. It says here that some suspects contacted perverted, perverted justice decoys online, but never actually showed up at their house. 
Among them was uh, Louis Conrad Jr., who was an assistant prosecutor from a neighboring county. He allegedly engaged in sexually explicit online chat with an adult posing as a 13-year-old boy, but he never showed up at the at the house like they were trying to lure him to. So what ended up happening is police went with a Dateline camera crew to the guy's house, knocked on his front door, and then he shot himself in the head while he was inside. Well, I don't really feel bad for that guy. No, I don't feel bad either because the guy's a pervert. <laughs> what I what I feel bad for is if they are catching people and then the people go free because Chris Hansen fucked the evidence up. But or... it's almost like vigilante-style justice here. I mean, I guess they are working with the police. They're working with the police. They're not beating the. They're not lynching people. They're not beating the shit out of people. You know, they're they're yeah, letting the courts. But do what the about work. due process? The due Habeas process corpus. comes in court. Well, yeah, but the fact I mean, that the guy committed suicide, yeah, he he subverted due process on his own time. But these other people aren't being thrown in the slammer without getting a trial. Yeah, no. Well, I guess what happened here is the district attorney, John Roach, dropped all the charges because he said that in 16 of the cases, he had no jurisdiction since neither the suspects nor the decoys were even in the county during the chats. All right. Well, see, so, that's I mean, a little That sloppy. wasn't even planned out. Yeah, that's it was sloppy. completely sloppy. <laughs> and as details of the suicide emerged, Murphy's mayor... And most of the residents learned for the first time that potential molesters were being lured to the city. So they were enraged <laughs> that uh, that Dateline was bringing all these pedophiles to their city. From, it's from just Florida like, and state of Washington. It's just like all these creepy, like, 44-year-old men were coming out of their mother's basements and being like, let's go to Murphy, Texas I and molest that, some children. I want to be in the Murphy, Texas Holiday Inn that weekend. <laughs> What's with all these weird, smelly dudes with mustaches and big glasses? Well, I guess Murphy's kind of a uh, affluent suburb near Dallas, and so this this one guy who's a resident there, Brian Wharton, he lives with his wife and baby across the street from the pervert house that they're trying to to lure people to. <laughs> he said his neighborhood was put in danger. Cars sped up and down the street. Police sprinted from hiding spots. Guns drawn to arrest the suspects, and one suspect even dropped a bag of crack while he was running away. <laughs> Oh, fuck that guy. He's a pussy. This I'd is be a like, family that, community. If that was happening across the street from my apartment, I would be thrilled. <laughs> dude, I would... Free I entertainment. Would, wouldn't you camp out with your binoculars and be like, sweet, dude. <laughs> I'd have a keg and, a, and, a, and a, a lawn chair. Dude, I'd be doing the wave. Yeah. It would be great. By so myself. I, so NBC's Hanson here, the reporter, said Murphy is the only place the show has encountered such resistance. Everywhere else, they're op- they're welcomed with open arms. Hmm, well, fuck you, Murphy. <laughs> you think you're better than us? <laughs> but I guess um, Eric Nichols here, a, d- a d- deputy... A deputy attorney general here in Texas said that when law enforcement authorities pull an internet sexting with officers posing as decoys, they follow strict rules. Detailed chat logs are kept to ensure that sex talk is initiated by the potential predator. So that way a defendant can't claim entrapment. But that's not what, what's done here. This is perverted justice. I mean, you can you can volunteer to be a contributor, a decoy. They're loose cannons. <laughs> No, I mean, I don't know, it's dude. It's like the Clint Eastwood of uh, internet sex predator investigations. See, the thing is with me— They don't I, play by the rules. I think this is just pure shock value. This is this is tabloid. This is reality television. And and don't get me wrong. These people are perverts, and they deserve to be publicly humiliated. But I'm just saying it's—I don't know. I just think it's a gray area whether or not you can prosecute them. Well, and that's exactly what the guy's saying. But, yeah, uh, I mean, if I was a district attorney, I'd have dropped the charges too. I'd have been like, "That guy's a pervert." Here's a picture of this pervert. We don't want him in our town. But I mean, but you gotta you... you gotta admit, it sounds like they're getting off on technicalities. But what's the crime? Like, is it harassing children? Yeah, harassing soliciting children, soliciting sex from a minor, on electronic harassment of children with sexual intent, or something like. I just made that up, but it's got to be something <laughs> like that. How do you know that, Wackerly? <laughs> He's got a rap it's sheet. It's on the subpoena that's nailed to my door. So I don't know. I'm going to have to go check out that show, though. No, but it's scary. This stuff really – I mean, I, you know, this stuff really scares me. It almost sounds like a witch hunt. Well, you know why it scares me? Because, for example, the Sick and Wrong podcast uh, at Hotmail.com address, we have kids emailing us all the time. And I actually – And sending us gross, like, videos. You have no idea how even, old they are. Even without those videos, I think we Are you should... engaging in sex chat with them? No, but you are a... – I wouldn't even reply to those emails because who knows what some mom is going to see your reply, see the video that the kids sent you, and think that you're 
trying to molest that kid. I'm not sending that kid pictures of me in, like, cut-off jean shorts with my balls hanging out. Yeah, but you're sending some picture of a guy getting fucked by a horse. He sent that to us. Yeah, but what is the mom going to say when that email, when that picture is attached to the email that you respond back to him or her? That's okay. what I'm saying, dude. It's scary, and you could get fucked. It is scary. So minors out there that listen to Sick and Wrong, don't send us pornographic videos, okay? <laughs> Just don't even – you can email us, but don't expect a response. Once you're 18, we'll send you all kinds of pictures of horse cocks. Dude, you got me scared now. I'm freaked out. Well, you should be. It's a witch hunt. They're going to bash love. through the door. It's that reporter's going to come in here <laughs> with a video camera. I'm jumping out the window. Well, we're going to have to post a link to Perverted Justice because that site is just great. Peach. And, and you got to put a picture of the uh, shining elf dude. Yeah, he's quite, the hell he's his name quite is. a guy there. All right. Well, this is episode 77 here of Sick and Wrong. A quick recap of the show last week. I just want to declare who the winner is. And I'm sure a lot of people are out there expecting that I won episode 76 because I was on a streak. Well, I'm sorry to let the fans your, down. Your two-win streak has been <laughs> My two-win streak has been, com- has been completely decimated. It's come to an end. That's too bad. The listener actually won um, last week's show by a landslide. Uh, the listener sent in a story about the shitty plane ride from uh, Amsterdam to New Jersey uh, with audio. Which is I, always impressive. I can't help thinking of uh, that slip and slide thing that you used to have when you were a kid. <laughs> you put on the lawn, you know, and you'd run. Because yeah, they put plastic down. It was yeah, just sewage and then there's a hose, down. and then you'd run and jump at it, and you slide for like 20 feet across the water. I keep thinking of that when I think about the aisle full of shit. So, some, some listener actually emailed in that he would have pulled a Shatner in the Twilight Zone, started bashing his way out of the plane. <laughs> right, right. Was that I remember terror that at 3,000 feet? Yeah, what where was he it? sees the thing on the, the plane wing. That's so, a good uh, one. So the listener won episode 76 with 98 votes. Landslide victory. You came in close with your crazy Aussie masturbator story. You had about 50, <laughs> 52 right. votes. And uh, I only came in with 24. Ouch. Dude, my, I had a story about a guy biting off his girlfriend's nose, disfiguring her for life. I get 24 votes. I thought it was good. Yeah, Apparently, yes. uh, the listeners didn't. Apparently, the listeners did not. Well, I don't know. So, um, yeah, well, the listener did win, so he's going to have to get the sick and wrong care package. I think he might have won in the past, so he's just going to get a bag of pubic hair. Yeah. Yeah. One, t- one T-shirt <laughs> per customer. We could send him some stickers, right? Or did you put those in the last one? I don't know. We'll send him something. Yeah. So uh, thanks, Stinkhole, for sending that article in. And uh, you won episode 76. Well, people, you know the way Sick and Wrong works. Where Ackerley and I try to find the most disturbing news item of the week. We present it here on the show. The audience votes. And the winner gets a case of MGD. Throw in a wild card with a listener submission. You can send a Sick and Wrong podcast at Hotmail.com. And if you win, you'll get a Sick and Wrong care package. Of our choosing. <laughs> so um, let's let's kick off episode 77 here. I believe you started last week. Yeah, I did. So, um, yeah, let me start. So I found a pretty good story. I've been, uh, I read this one today. There are like three stories that I wanted to do. And uh, this one just, I don't know, just kind of screamed at me. It was like, just do it tonight. You got to do it. Court hears suspects calmly describing horrific deaths. Friend tells court, pair describe the killings. And so my favorite thing about this story, this happened in Canada, a place called Medicine Hat, which I don't even know where that is, but <laughs> Medicine Hat, Canada. That's a, that's a good name for a Do they town. have state? No, they have provinces, don't they? Right. I wonder so, what province that's in. Does it say? No, it doesn't even say what province it is. But whatever. Medicine hat. So all our Canadian listeners can Do tell us where that is. Do we have any towns ma- named after articles of clothing? Not that uh, I can think of off the top of my New head. New Jersey. That's a good point. <laughs> good point. So they preface the story, and this is my favorite part. And I think this only happens in Canadian um, websites. Note. Elements of this story may be disturbing to some readers. Yeah. I mean, isn't that obvious from the headline? That's why we're reading it. Yeah. I just, I just love it. It's like, oh, okay, I got to stop reading this now. <laughs> Thanks so, for um, the heads up, eh? So the, victim, <laughs> the victims of a triple slaying were gutted like a fish, and the young boy among them gargled as he died. The couple charged with their killing said in the court hearing yesterday. Um, Jeremy Steimkey... And his pre-teenage girlfriend made the comments to one of his best friends just hours after the gruesome killings. That's what uh, jurors heard the mm. other day. 
Uh, James Wally, 24 years old, who's friends, I guess, with the um, uh, perpetrator here, Jeremy Steinke, he uh, testified at the trial that he spoke privately with Steinke and his girl, who was only 12 at the time, um, the afternoon of the murders. So James Wally was 24 years old. He was dating a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> Maybe Chris Hansen could have taken care of that before this tragedy happened. Would you be friends with a guy your age dating a 12-year-old girl? Well, I might be friends with him, but I can imagine this conversation. Hey, man, how's it going? You want to go hang out? Yeah, Jenny's going to come. Oh, yeah, Jenny. She's 12. She's cool and all, but she really talks about My Little Pony too much. <laughs> Let's uh, leave her at home tonight. Dude, I seriously end a friendship. If you started dating an 11-year-old, I'd be like, uh, Wackerly, end a friendship. You know I swing the other way. <laughs> I like the yeah. I like the ladies that know something uh, know how to teach me something. Though. Yeah, actually, you should add like I don't know maybe fifty years to that. <laughs> yeah, sixty two. Yeah, sixty two. Good. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll stay friends with you if you date senior citizens. That's that's fine <laughs> with me. So uh, they Wally, get, they can't buy us beer, but they can get us their good meds. We can get Viagra for free. Uh, Wally said Steinke asked to speak to him in the bedroom of a Medicine Hat home. I just love that name of that town. M.H. Um, yeah, so the accused killers went to this home after the triple murders, and he asked to speak to his friend. Quote, unquote, Jeremy said they'd, him and his girlfriend, had murdered her family. The 12-year-old. Yeah. Mm. So Jeremy, who's the, who's the boyfriend here, and the 12-year-old, spoke to their friend and was like, yeah, we murdered the 12-year-old's family. <laughs> and uh, Jeremy said, proceeded to tell them how he gutted them like a fish and the girl, the 12-year-old, said her brother gargled up blood. I'm assuming that the family had a problem with their 12-year-old daughter dating a 24-year-old. Is that the problem? I'm thinking that's why the murder took place. It's just a hunch. It's because the family was like, you're 24 years old. You're two times my daughter's age. My daughter doesn't even have breasts yet. Wouldn't you immediately obtain a restraining order and have some Mounties outside your house? No, I would have called Dateline. <laughs> I'd have been like, you got to catch this predator. This guy's easy. He's right here right now. I'll hold him down. You can come over. So in this situation, you're friends with this guy who's dating a 12-year-old. He wanted to talk to you, brings you in private in this house, and he's like, so we just murdered her family. Oh, and her brother Gargoyle. I was gonna cut. What this, would you say? I would say I was gonna cut this relationship, friendship off last week after you started dating the twelve-year-old, and I just waited too long, and now I have to be involved in this. And now, I? I I don't know, man. I don't know if I would laugh because I'd think he was joking. I I might even look at him and be like, Are you Dude, having a laugh? He's Are you dating, having a laugh? He's dating a twelve-year-old. <laughs> he doesn't have a sense of humor. Yeah, this guy probably doesn't have a sense of humor. So anyway, Wally, the friend here, said, "I said you guys are crazy." And he said he found the comments incredible and hard to believe. So is he implicated in this trial at all? As no, an he's testifying okay. against his I friend here. He said, who's going to believe your best friend could do something like that? Um, he said he, was, uh, he ended up finding out the gravity of these comments uh, later that day when he learned and watching the news that three victims um, had died that were these girls' parents. He said he was freaking out, didn't know what to think, and immediately called the police and, uh, yeah, gave the couple up. Yeah, what a good citizen. Yeah. So the girl now, 13 years old, faces three counts of first-degree murder and the stabbing deaths of her parents and eight-year-old brother whose throat was slit. Well, she's 12, and she's clearly under the mental control of this of guy. this guy. She's got a little bit of a judgment problem. That's going to need to be straightened out. You know, she shouldn't be dating dudes this old. <laughs> Who's or 24 even years old. not creeped out by dudes She was that probably age. hanging on the chat rooms, though. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Steinke, uh, who has yet to set a trial date, faces the same three charges. Um, I guess Wally said the couple, and this is what's kind of weird. Wally, the friend here, said the couple wasn't at all animated while making their grisly disclosure. He said they were calm, mannered, completely like mellow, everyday conversation. He's like... They weren't flailing around like high on drugs. Jeremy just seemed like normal Jeremy, which, which kind of cracks me up. It's just like, so what did he expect, like this crazy show? I mean, well, I guess what do you do after you – this guy's obviously a sociopath. He's well, dating a 12-year-old girl. He just murdered her family. You would assume that he would be sort of agitated, and it sounds like he was not agitated no. at all. In fact, another witness here who uh, testified said that the accused, the girl, giggled as she and Steinke made out on a couch – 
before they even talk to Wally, the friend. All right, this 12-year-old's kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Very creepy. So they just murdered her family, went over to this dude's house, and started making out on the couch, and then told their friend that oh. they murdered this uh, this kid. Don't, don't okay, I don't mind that you're dating a 12-year-old. The You can't make out with her in my apartment, okay? That's rule number one. I hope both of them rot in prison. I hope this girl's released when she's like 62. <laughs> Institutionalized. Harsh. I don't know, man. I guess, you know... She probably was swayed, but she giggled about this. Well, she watched her brother, eight-year-old brother, die by having his throat slit. She's gonna have a hard time being adopted. Let me just say that. I don't think she should be out in regular society, and she should not breed. Seriously, I don't know. It you're, might, it might you're, be me. you're promoting a uh, castration a path of eugenics for this girl. I don't know, man. I just don't think she should have a, another life. Should come out of her vagine. <laughs> so on the sick and wrong scale. Um, this involved uh, pedophilia, it involved um, murder, three murders, and and the worst part about it is uh, they slit the kid's throat and described him gargling. Well, that's going to happen. Yeah, I guess it would. It's a, it's a very colorful description, but I just think that that comes that, from the territory. That would just happen but, anyway. I think mainly, though, this story, the root cause of this story is just bad judgments all around. Bad judgments on the part of the family, bad judgment on the part of the 12-year-old, and very bad judgment on the part of the 24-year-old guy. And then bad judgment on the part of the friend for hanging out with the guy. Yeah, but I still give him the benefit of the doubt that he was about to break the friendship off. Yeah, because he was dating a 12-year-old, maybe. I don't know. So on the sick and wrong scale, I'm going to have to give this at least a 9.4. Yeah, I'll give it a 9.3. 9.3, my ass. <laughs> well, we'll see what the audience has to say about this one. What do you have here, Wackerly? My story this week is a little off the wall. A little wacky? Yeah, to me at least. Um, How so? Police, uh, this happened in New Delhi, India, as opposed to the old Delhi. New Delhi. Uh, I do like the Indian stories. Police have questioned the parents, who are both doctors, of a 15-year-old boy. Why did they question these parents, do you ask? Well, let me get into that. An Indian Medical Association chapter in the southern state of Tamil Nadu... Uh, said last week that Dr. K. Marugisan, who's one of these parents, who's a doctor, his wife's also a doctor, showed them a video recording of his son, Dilipan Raj. Don't who, even try to pronounce the name. Once again, it's all consonants. Once again, the son is 15 years old. Uh, well, uh, this doctor presented this medical association with a video of his 15-year-old son performing a cesarean section in an apparent attempt to gain a spot in the Guinness Book of World's Records as the youngest surgeon in the world. This is completely bizarre. The video showed the Could dad... Could only happen in India. The video showed the dad anesthetizing the patient before the boy started the operation in his father's maternity hospital. So he, his, this guy has his own hospital, apparently, in uh, Manaparai City, which is part of New Delhi, I guess, or maybe around there, thereabouts. Um... Since then, unconfirmed media reports have said that the parents have denied any such surgery took place, which is what you would do anyways, right? Well, who, how did they get caught? Well, did this, the patient wake up and be like, what are you doing with your kid You know, with a scalpel about to slice through my abdomen? That, that, well, that's my first question that this uh, article does what not address. What are you address. doing with the scalpel? <laughs> it doesn't address whether this woman who was receiving the surgery was clued in to you know, the fact that this 15-year-old kid who was probably just playing with some Pokemons was about to slice her stomach open. Yeah, but maybe this kid was like a savant. You know, I mean, he's Indian, dude. These kids are these these Indian kids if you were this, are intelligent. They if, they win like the spelling bees. Yeah, they are good at the spelling bees. Seriously, I'd point. rather have an Indian kid give me a cesarean than like you know a kid from Florida. Well, yeah, but that's not that's a false choice. Would you rather have the Indian kid or his dad, the adult doctor, do it? The dad. <laughs> what if he had really dirty hands? <laughs> then maybe the kid. Yeah, I don't know. Um. And that's kind of a weird angle to the story, because you're right to point this out, what exactly happened. Because apparently the video has gone missing. So this is sort of a story of he said, she said, or they said, he said. Um, it's this medical association who's saying they saw the video. The dad oh. and the mom are saying that, no, this didn't happen. But and, the kid you know, was just hanging out in the operating room? 
Or maybe, you know, this medical association are just out to get these guys. But I have to believe that where there's smoke, there's fire. You know, there's something went on strange here. You know, it was probably a nurse that turned him in. Well, anyways, uh, back to the story. Since then, unconfirmed media reports have said that the parents have denied any such surgery took place, as I just stated. Marugasan told the medical association, according to the medical association, he told them this, that he wanted to see his son's name in the Guinness Book of World's Records. <laughs> and if I understand the Guinness Book of World's Records correctly, if you're going to break a record, you have to tell them previously, and they send out, like, expert witnesses to witness the event, and, you know, they sign their hand on the document that It has to be legitimate. Yeah, that certifies that it, ha- that it happened, but apparently he thought if he just videotaped this, maybe put it up on YouTube, it'd be really popular, and that way he would get his son in the Guinness and, Book of World Records. And this guy's Records. a doctor? And his <laughs> wife is also a doctor, and he runs his own maternity hospital. He's big time. Yeah, you know, I, I don't understand the skewed logic. He also has a – I think he had a failure of judgment. <laughs> yeah, slightly. They did talk to somebody from the Guinness Book. Uh, Amaryllis Espinoza, a spokesman for the book, said in an email response, uh, I think to the, the person who wrote this article, that uh, the organization, the Guinness Book of World Records organization, doesn't monitor or endorse such feats because it would encourage the practice of, quote, bad medicine. I don't think they need to put quotes around bad medicine. I think that's pretty straightforward. I think they're referencing the Bon Jovi song. That's a good point. Maybe they are. I, I don't know. Maybe, Maybe that's, that's why they why quoted they had it. The yeah. Maybe if I clicked on this link, it would go directly to the on MP3 of that song. But Is that I what the song's it. about? I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that Bon Jovi song <laughs> yeah, again. I don't know. I mean. Performing illegal cesareans with a 15-year-old. But you know what this leads me to think of? You always hear these sob stories about, um, you know, doctors from third-world countries. They come to the United States. They're a big-time doctor in their home country of Senegal or they somewhere in Africa. Come here and they work in a 7-Eleven. Or they drive a cab or something. And maybe this type of stuff explains that type of situation, you know? Maybe it's not so hard to be a doctor in, in India. I think this is an aberration, though. I don't think many Indian doctors would do this. Well, I'm just saying maybe the doctor cab driver is also an aberration. So Maybe those cab drivers were doctors, but they were really bad doctors who made really just stupid, stupid decisions. So maybe I missed this, but did the kid actually perform the cesarean, or was he, like, preempted? Oh, no, he performed it. So uh, he actually did it. The baby that Raj delivered was born with a noticeable lump on the spine spinal cord but added uh but the uh witness here added that the birth defect had nothing to do with the cesarean surgery so apparently the kid did a pretty good job you know it's weird i imagine it's pretty easy you just make a big cut and you reach your hand into the uterus and pull the thing out right but i think this says something about indian parenting because do you ever see that movie spellbound Yes. But with, with the spelling bee. The spelling bee documentary. So there was yes. one there was one like Indian family. They really pushed their children. They really hard. pushed their children hard. I mean that this this dad probably was training his kid in bad medicine since the kid was like four years old. I bet you he <laughs> held a scalpel before he held a pacifier. <laughs> that sounds dangerous. That's another bad judgment call. <laughs> I don't know. I bet you he's like, but You're yeah, going to be a doctor uh, at the age of six. Yeah, I'm sure this kid doesn't, you know, get to play a lot of video games or, or run around in the cricket field with his buds. No, I bet you he has to like I don't know, like take apart a corpse. You know. And name all the different a, body parts. Install a colostomy bag. The, the dad probably makes the kid do all the proctology exams. Yeah, well I, I would. don't want to stick my finger in his butt, you do it. Just do you it. Have little fingers. Just do it. You have very tiny hands. So on the second wrong scale. I mean, I guess it's kind of amazing that this kid was able to perform a successful cesarean, but yet it's wrong that this kid did this, even though he was under the guidance of his father. I don't know. This is a, a sick and wrong gray area. Well, I also have, it's a feat. I also have to make the point that, you know, is it really this family's fault or have they been unduly influenced by American television, namely the show Doogie Howser MD. I think I think they I think the bar That's a was good set. Point, I think that show set unrealistic uh, goals for families like this with aspiring young doctors. Is there an Indian show like equivalent Apu MD? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I wonder if there is. Doogie, Some twelve-year-old doctor. So on the Sigurong scale, I'm gonna have to give this. I don't know, man. I'm kind of impressed by it. An 8.8 because it's not that sick. It's wrong though. It's very wrong. It gets it gets a ten on the wrong scale. On the six scale, surgery India cesarean, it only gets about a seven. 
So what is that average out? 8.5? That's the average Yeah, I give it an 8.5. Well, we'll have to see what the audience has to say about that. Yeah, I know Neil Patrick Harris is a big fan, so he might uh, – I don't know yeah, if he no, would – Yeah, no, he listens to the I show. I don't know if he would vote for or against this because he's, I mean, he's kind of implicated. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I wonder. Hmm. Be we'll interesting to, to find out. We'll have to see. So the listener submission here this week for episode 77 came from Alex, who is from Pennsylvania. Alex from Pennsylvania. He said that uh, this this article actually occurred in Tennessee. He said that road crew bludgeoned a hurt deer on I-440, which must be a highway yeah. in, uh, in Tennessee, and the officer refused to shoot the animal. So after spending nearly two hours on the grass along this interstate highway, comforting an injured deer and keeping it out of traffic, Carol Cuny waited for an officer to fire the shot that would end the deer's misery. Instead, she heard the repeated smack of a shovel. Uh, the woman said that she shut her eyes and counted 11, 12, 13, 14 thuds of the shovel. How did... I don't know. Back up. Wait. <laughs> How, did this woman hit the deer? Is that, Or did she just see the deer on the side of the road? Or well, how, how did the deer... How was the deer initially... Run down. Well, let me let me get it, get into the details here, Wackley. Okay, I'm confused. So shortly before, so current Cooney was driving her husband to the hospital. She's driving up this highway. She watched a deer plunge from a freeway overpass. She pulled over, saw the flailing animal, thought the flailing animal was going to cause an accident in the heavy morning traffic. So she called 911. So the animal <laughs> just went over a freeway overpass, landed, probably broke its legs. And was uh, flailing about on the yeah. side of the highway. Just eyes rolling in the back of its head. I, can, I would have I probably pulled this. out my camera phone and just driven away. But I would probably apparently she has a conscience. <laughs> I would probably, if I was the husband, be like, "Bitch, get back in the car. My appendix is bursting. You're supposed to be taking me to the fucking hospital." <laughs> so she called 911, and uh, Metro Police Officer Walter Holloway um, came and met her. Was with her for more than an hour and a half. She asked Holloway to shoot the animal to put it out of its misery. He told her that he couldn't. He said he would have to fill out a long report if he shot it. <laughs> so it's because of the paperwork yeah, that he, he was like, you know, it. I just don't want to do it. Uh, apparently, the uh, reporter here tried to reach him by cell phone, and he declined to comment on the story. <laughs> what a lazy-ass cop. So a Metro dispatcher, dispatcher she called 911 again, uh, called the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency, but no wildlife officers were on duty, so no one could come over. Turns out a transport... <laughs> Nobody was working that day? <laughs> I'm not, not in the area. So a transportation department road assistance truck arrived in the meantime. The driver called out a maintenance worker who typically removes the dead animals from the roadway. But this one wasn't dead. It was still kicking. It was still alive, flailing about. And so... Cooney, who was really upset at this time, kind of frantic and obviously frustrated with the police officer who was unwilling to shoot the animal, uh, kept dragging the deer out like towards the grass. So this thing is like flailing about, you know, in its death throes, and she keeps grabbing it and dragging it back to the grass. Separating its already broken vertebrae. <laughs> so I guess out of mercy here, the maintenance worker beat the deer with an aluminum shovel from his truck. When the men saw the deer was still alive, someone retrieved a sledgehammer for the final blow. <laughs> I've, I... Uh, a transportation official here said, I'm sure he didn't know the animal's alive when he was called because uh, apparently they don't typically handle those situations. They just remove dead animals. Right. Uh, Cooney, who was waiting in the back of a patrol car, car said that she still can, can't get the picture of the shovel out of her head. She started blaming herself for stopping the deer from dying a quick death. She said if it would have jumped into traffic, it would have been over with. Yeah, and somebody might have been severely injured by running into the deer with their Honda Civic. Well, you know, it's like, I okay, I think the law enforcement official here is wrong. Because he could have shot the deer. Yeah. But it's like, what, I mean, what did she expect? Wouldn't you just kind of, if, you're, if the guy was unwilling to shoot it, wouldn't you just kind of like pistol whip it or take a rock and just throw it on its head? Well, the cop should have a shotgun in his uh, squad car and he could just pull that out and I would just take the butt of the shotgun and bash its face in. I guess he could have done that, but Holloway contacted his supervisor and said he wasn't going to fire his gun because he didn't feel it was a safe situation. That could be true. I mean, they're near a busy highway. You don't I mean, want to just be shooting a fire Deflection or something? Yeah, it could ricochet, but, you know, he's got a big leather boot on as well. <laughs> but you can't stomp a deer to death. Can you? Oh, yeah, you can. I, I don't know if he has steel toes on. What about a pocket knife? So law enforcement officers are usually asked down to are asked to put down an injured animal. 
And uh, I guess animal suffering greatly can be a threat to human safety. Taser? I, yeah, I mean, he could have tavered, tasered the, the thing, but uh, yeah, I don't know why he didn't do this. And they can fire their weapons to destroy seriously injured and suffering or dangerous animals, but I guess it was a judgment call on his part. Right. It's just because of the busy highway, I assume. So right Cooney is uh, really upset by the death. She said she's no tree hugger. She's not opposed to hunting. She was more worried about people driving on the highway than the deer she knew would – than. She thought the deer was going to run out into traffic or something. So uh, what I'm saying is she did a good deed. She prevented anybody else from hitting that deer. What's her problem? She says hearing the deer get bludgeoned to death has left her angry and traumatized. She says, quote, unquote, it seems like a citizen should not have to be the one to have the common sense. You kill it quick. You don't leave it sitting there for two hours. There were four or five men there. None of them had the nerve to do something that was humane. Well, the, the the construction worker did, right? Eventually. I mean, I wonder if they were kind of laughing about it while they're just like, whack, whack, and watching her, like, freaking out. I still want to know. She's supposed to be driving her husband to the hospital. What's going on with him? I guess uh, she let her husband drive himself to the hospital. And she she waited <laughs> oh, with a police officer. Thanks a lot. But, I mean, seriously, dude, what does this lady expect? It's a, it's a dying deer. First of all, she should have just gone with him as soon as the cop showed up. But, obviously, she stayed around and nagged the shit out of all these city workers, state workers, whatever the hell they were. Who get paid, like, eight bucks an hour, maybe? Tennessee, no. probably. How much do you think those guys make? They make a lot bucks? of They're all in the union. They make a lot of money. But, uh, you know, this is just this is a, this is a clusterfuck. The woman's bitching. The cop doesn't want to do anything because he doesn't want to do paperwork. The construction worker, you know, they're just lazy anyways. <laughs> they just, just don't care. I'm pissing off all kinds of people right now. But <laughs> And then finally, when the construction worker does do something, it's too vulgar for this stupid fucking soccer mom. What would I, you, I respect nobody in this story. What would you do in this situation, though? If you're driving up the street and you saw, like, a dog get hit by a car and the dog's, like, sitting there freaking on the side of the road, would you stop or would you just keep going? Uh, Probably keep going. Yeah, me too. I mean, we're just, not talking about a dog. We're talking about a deer in the middle of the highway. A deer, I would definitely keep going if it was a deer. A deer in the middle of the highway, I would like to think that I would try and drag it off the side of the road. And, you, you wouldn't know, do that. Take a, and I wouldn't even wait for the cop. I would just take the tire jack and bash its face in myself. You would be able to do that. Yeah, it's humane. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't He's think not gonna, It's still going to have a miraculous recovery and get up and leave. I think I would sooner drive my car over it. Well, that's that's also a valid option. It's a little bump there <laughs> rather than like actually taking out a tire iron and bludgeoning it to death. But I don't know. It just it, what cracked me up about this article is a city worker with a, with a shovel just whap whap, and the lady crying in the back I'm of the police car. I'm surprised it took so many blows. I mean, maybe it's the little guy. Yeah, I don't know. So on the sick and wrong scale, it's a mercy killing. Yeah, but gone yeah, it was was graphic. Mercy, mercy killing gone wrong. A comedy of errors here. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to have to give it probably an 8.7. I'm going to give it an 8.2 because, I mean, I, I've almost seen this type of stuff in Michigan. I mean, What if it was a child? <laughs> <laughs> what if it was Terry Schiavo <laughs> flailing about on the side of the highway? <laughs> well, we'll yeah, have to that, see. That, those, those, are fault. That doesn't, those are not valid arguments. We're going to leave it up to the listening audience. Go vote for your... Uh, the most disturbing news item of the week. Sickandwrongpodcast.com. You decide who won episode 77. Well, Wackerly, we're near... I think I might start a streak of my own this week. That's my prediction. You probably have a streak in your pants right now. <laughs> I said I'm starting a streak. <laughs> Not fully streaked yet. Why don't you check out the new Sick and Wrong Forum, sickandwrongpodcast.com. So, uh, Wackerly, we're nearing the end of the show here, and as usual, we tend to get to listener email. And uh, we actually finally got an email that um, was an intelligent email that was uh, – that, that Is that the first one ever? It compliments the show. It was sent in by Monica, who's an avid listener. So she's listened to all of our episodes. She sent in a follow-up story – about the uh, death row jokester. Oh, Remember? really? It was an intro a couple podcasts back. We uh, we we did a story about the death row inmate in Huntsville, Texas, who wanted people to send him jokes. So right before he was going to be lethally injected, 
He was going to tell a joke. Yeah, I did notice that last on the Sick and Wrong forum page that there were some good jokes that were put on the forum page. I don't know if they ever made it to his MySpace page, but I, I heard about this. Apparently, he got like 14,000 jokes. So I did don't he think get 14,000 jokes? Something like that. I don't think uh, he was lacking for material. So this, but what happened? So uh, Patrick Knight here, this prisoner, had vowed to deliver a funny punchline during his final statement. Uh, Patrick Knight said a little bit of levity is needed about being on death row. Also, it should be noted, he got this idea from his death row buddy who yeah. did make a joke about uh, something about a stunt double. Where's stunt a stunt double, yeah. double when you need one? Right before he was about to be uh, executed. So condemned prisoner uh, Patrick Knight was executed this past Tuesday for the deaths of a, an a Amarillo, Texas area couple without delivering a promise funny punchline. What? He faltered. Why? In, in a final statement in which he said he would tell a joke, Knight, get this, so pathetic, Thank God for his friends and asked for help for innocent men on death row. He named several he said were innocent. His voice shaking and nearly in tears, he said, not all of us are innocent, but those are. After expressing love to some friends, he said, I, I said I was going to tell a joke. Death has set me free. That's the biggest joke. I deserve this. What a cop-out. First of all, that doesn't even make a whole lot of sense. Death has set him free. What, what kind of joke is that? And then didn't he say something What else? Did he say something no, else? No, he actually did kind of tell a joke. He said, and the other joke is that I am not Patrick Brian Knight, and y'all can't stop this execution now. Go ahead. I'm finished. First of all, this guy's a pussy. But second of all, I keep rereading this thinking it's some type of Andy Kaufman performance art type joke. Like maybe there's a joke in there you somewhere. You mean by him claiming that he's not himself? Yeah, you know what? I, or just something that but, it's funny because it's not funny, that sort of thing. I think he was just trying to confuse them at the end. I think he just pussed out myself. He did puss out. I guess a prison spokeswoman said that they fingerprint them when they come over. So it definitely was <laughs> night. Yeah, I like how people thought he was Batman or something. Like, maybe it wasn't really him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> The right. 18th inmate executed this year. So I don't know. I'm a little disappointed with Patrick Knight. I mean, seriously, I was hoping he was going to tell a great joke. Isn't that kind of insulting to be going to your to death row, to your ultimate demise? You're completely shackled from your from your cell all the way down to the gas chamber or ejection table or whatever the hell it is. And then they have to fingerprint you? <laughs> yeah, it's me. Trust me, it's I me. I think they fingerprint him before, though. I mean, they know it's that guy. No, I think what she's saying is they fingerprint him right at the uh, at the death chamber. Or perhaps they do, but I don't know. She said they, they, be they sure. do it before they come they over. They gotta be sure. I understand why they do it. I'm just saying it's humiliating. I'm just saying why not tell a joke? I don't know. I, I'm a little disappointed, and frankly, I'm quite insulted for talking about it, talking them up here on Sick and Wrong, encouraging our listeners to send in jokes and wasting everybody's time. Well, if the guy is smart, because it wasn't him, it was his friend who set up the MySpace page, the guy will publish a book. Yeah. A joke book. Death yeah. Row joke book. Death Row, now that's a good idea. He should do it. Damn good idea. So we got another email here sent in from Gary, who is a, a longtime listener. Um, Gary sent in a, uh, an email here, a carnival story, and uh, the subject matter of the email line is, D is a carnival pussy. Which was my point. Yeah, which I am. So, I mean, I don't mind, I don't mind admitting that. Fair enough. So uh, Gary says, I have a short carnival story for you. About eight years ago at, at the Minnesota State Fair, the ride, the Enterprise, wouldn't stop. This ride is where you sit two people in a little spaceship looking cart and you ride in a circular motion going upside down. That sounds fun. Yeah, it, it sounds scary. <laughs> See, this is exactly why I want to you break your neck so easily. But like upside we, down. But like we were saying, you know, the 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 carnival, the church carnival, and then there's the county fair, and then there's the amusement parks where they're at the top of the line. He's well, saying, this is a county fair. Well, he's saying it's the state, or fair, state fair. So that's pretty high up there. There's a little bit of extra. Still carny. It's <laughs> it in Minnesota. There's, it's still carnies. This isn't, this isn't Six Flags. Yeah, but this is the, these are the carnies who's gr who have graduated from the county fair up to the state levels. Yeah, okay. So I guess they can maybe read a little bit. <laughs> yeah. They can write their name. An X. So the year the ride malfunctioned happened, it, it happened to go for one hour and 30 minutes. So the ride malfunctioned and kept going, spinning yeah. around and around, upside down for one hour and 30 minutes. So normally those rides go for about two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so this is going one hour and 30 minutes. I imagine the uh, people in the rides are probably screaming and uh, doing what's what came next here. He says the news covered this travesty as vomit was being chucked out. <laughs> 
<laughs> <laughs> he said what confused him was how came, how come uh, nobody actually pulled the plug or a circuit breaker on the ride to shut it down? They just let it keep going till it stopped. Well, I assume that the safety devices that actually stop the ride also need power to work to keep, you know, to stop. But don't you think you safely... just unplug it? Yeah, but I think they to stop the ride or safely. Shut the generator down. Yeah, but to stop the ride safely, I think uh, it also you, needs it power. Just, yeah, maybe it just wouldn't just spin out. You don't want to just stop immediately and fall over. Well, you said no one was hurt, yet some people went to the hospital. I guess those people got their money's worth. The best part was the news covering it by saying it's still going. <laughs> Can you just picture that reporter? It's still going. Yep. Sort of laughing, because how could you not? Still going, eh? <laughs> I, I imagine, did you think, that, cause because of all the puke flying all over the place, do you think they had on those, like, have you ever seen the reporters that report on the hurricanes? They have the big rain suit. They had those <laughs> yeah, on? you think they, they had, like, a, yeah, like, galoshes and a good uh, idea. the rain jacket? I would have. I mean, Jesus, it emergency, must be showering puke. Emergency gear. So uh, thanks, Gary, for sending that in. And uh, one more here. We got this from uh, Brady, who's a faithful listener from Australia. He answered a question that we posed a couple podcasts ago is as to whether Australians have porn there. Because I think we were talking about Iranians wanting to execute porn stars, and we were wondering if Australians have porn well, in other countries. Well, because there was a follow-up article to the Iranian porn ban that the uh, Australian version of Penthouse was busted yeah. for em- showing to, emphasizing, emphasizing female genitalia. genitalia. So he says, yes, Australians do have porn, and they can show everything except insertion and whatnot, which is – Kind of lame, actually, because don't you want to see insertion? <laughs> yes. They can show tits, mound, and ass in regular porn. That's the stuff you can buy when you're 15, <laughs> but it's more artsy. Australia rules. The over 18 stuff can show everything and like open mound and whatnot, but still no insertion. He says the XXX stuff is everything. I mean everything. It's not everything unless there's insertion there, Brady. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. It's kind of sounds like pussy porn to me. Well, I think there's. I think there's stages beyond insertion. There's there's chubby porn and there's scat porn and old lady porn. Yeah, but I mean, I guess it's kind of cool seeing spread open vag. Yeah. So I I don't understand the story that we told how Penthouse got busted for emphasizing. Yeah, I'm surprised that they that they would get busted for that. That must be one of the uh, 15 and over porn. But dude, I am envious that you can buy porn at 15. Yeah. Could you imagine, dude? I mean, I don't even care if you if they just show tits, mound, and ass. I mean, it does not bother me because that would have been perfect. Because, I, dude, I recall trying to jack off – and this is before the internet. When I was 15, I was trying to jack off to, like, scrambled Cinemax, like, titty movie. Remember oh, that? Like, Lady yeah, Shatterly or do that? Emmanuel, Queen of the Desert. I'm, like, sitting there trying, like, I think that was a tit. It's all weird color. Oh, no, it's a dude. <laughs> it's all weird colors, and there's a big line through the center. But still, though, I mean, it's like you're 15 years old. You can't yeah. buy porn. I don't know. So thank you, Brady, for uh, clearing that up. It sounds like Australia has a good porn training program. <laughs> they start you out slow, and then you slowly ramp up to the triple X I bet you they have a porn czar, though, that calls it, calls yeah. the shots. Yeah. yeah. He's got a good job. That'd be a great job. So uh, finally here, as our new segment, we, we do the Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. And we encourage listeners to send in their own versions of what they consider a sick and wrong song is. Not your either, own version. Just send in a song that you think is sick and wrong. Yeah, either songs that you have or found by artists that you like or even songs that you did yourself. Either way. Just see if you can send something in that you think is the sickest song that you know of, and we'll play it. We'll, we'll close the show with it. But you know what? I also am not opposed to people sending in their own music as long as it fits the description. Right. I'm being sick and wrong. So we got an email here from Ingr- – I don't want to just have some emo crap coming in like about some guy being broken up with his girlfriend. No. And, you know, it's got to have murder at least. Yes. I know. It has to be you know somewhat grotesque. Anything by Guar would work. Incest. Yeah. That's good. So this was sent in by Angry Dragon. He says, my wife, Aubrey, told me I should send this song to you. So I am. Cracks me up that his wife told him to send the song. It always cracks me up that our listeners have meaningful relationships. (laughs) It does crack me up that married folk would listen to this podcast. (laughs) He says, I've been listening to the show for quite some time now and love the shit out of them. The guys at work might not appreciate it when I relate to them the latest sick and wrong stories, but fuck them. They need to be aware. So here's a song, My Girlfriend's Dead, by my band, the Wilson Street Pub and Sluthouse Band. So it's the Wilson Street Pub and Sluthouse Band. Right. Yeah. They're out of Boise, Idaho. He says, if you guys are interested, I could send you a CD. Why not? Keep on putting out these badass podcasts. I and the people at my work really appreciate it. He said, thank you. (laughs) 
which cracks he, me up. Does he work at the Wilson Street Pub in Slut House? No, I think this is just the name of his band. Because I want to go to the Wilson Street Pub in Slut House. That sounds like a good place. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. And you know what? I kind of like the song. So we're going to have to end the show here with uh, My Girlfriend's Dead by the Wilson Street Pub and Slut House Band. Cool. So, uh, yeah, thank you, Angry Dragon, for sending that in. Finally, I want to I mention everybody, go check out the show, 9 o'clock, K-I-R-B.com, K-I-R-B.com. It's our new internet radio affiliate. And that's 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, because I have to admit that I tried oh. to listen to it, and I missed it last Sunday. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. So it's 6 o'clock over here on the West Coast. Right. Didn't even think about that. And uh, finally here, I want to thank everyone for voting on Podcast Alley this month. Sick and Wrong actually made it to number 30, which I think is our record. Overall number I think 30, we had like 67 you? votes. Yeah. So overall, out of all the podcasts on Podcast Alley, we got to number 30. We're still behind so, that damn vegan. I think that vegan podcast is up at Vegan Freaks, the podcast. Fuck the vegans. It's, it's up at like fuck number, the vegans. It's up at number 15, those vegan bastards. Well, they, they'll see what's going to happen in July. So, people, as a reminder, the voting's reset at the beginning of the month. So, yeah, go hit Podcast Alley. Get us up in the top ten. Spread the sickness. We appreciate it. So, until next week, take it sleazy. Oh,